Hello and welcome to the Sounds of Fair Kites. I'm Jack. I'm with you throughout this series to talk to some of the best young artists in Essex. Fair Kites is offering them a stage to showcase their amazing abilities. And I feel like you won't fully understand exactly how good these people are until you hear what they can do. Today, we're joined by somebody who is incredibly talented and amazingly professional and also a musician of such a young age. His talent is insane. Eddie Markham is on the podcast. And I always thought we'd start with like an icebreaker. I asked for an interesting random fact about you. You said that you're dangerously very good at Smash Bros. Indeed. Indeed I am. For a random fact, that is one of the most random facts I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Really? Yeah, but I've never played Smash Bros. Mm. So I have no idea what that game is, but it sounds... Right. Well, I actually Googled it. It's, it looks a little bit like Tekken. Is that correct? Well, it's, it's a fighting game, yeah. But it's, in, in, in the sense of fighting games, it's nothing like Tekken. Like, it's very, it's very different. You've never lost a game in Elam, which is the college that you went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in the whole of the games design department. So you're a musician, obviously, so that's why you're on the podcast. But in the game design department, you never lost a game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, so they, they put on tournaments and stuff at Elam. And uh, I entered, like, the Smash Bros tournament. And I, I just, like, it was just like a cakewalk. I just, you know, I, I, I didn't even realise it was in the finals when I won. I was just like, oh, I that. won. <laughs> Boom. I just, I just came in and it was, it was all like, there was probably maybe one or two like music teachers, no music students. But there was three strands in Elam, right? There's music, film and game design. Yeah. And like probably half the game design students joined the Smash Bros. And you'd expect like people who are that passionate about games. To be good at the game. Yeah. yeah. And there'd be some people who were like really into Smash Bros specifically, right? Or people who have been practicing, blah, blah, blah. I haven't really played the game in a while. But you know, I just oh, there we are. And I, and I, <laughs> Not really played for a bit. Here I come to a tournament, <laughs> and then yeah, I just yeah, it was it was it was just a total total walk in the park. Was there prize money? Uh, no, there wasn't. There was actually. It was quite funny. I got pulled out of a lesson um, by by one of the games teachers, and she just she was just like, "Oh, congratulations on winning the Smash Bros tournament." And she was like, "Cause you stand against that wall," and she just took my picture and stuff. And then I remember there's this like trophy cabinet at, on the like top floor, shut up, kind of stashed away in the corner. And um, so she took my picture for like the trophy cabinet. She let me hold the trophy in the picture. I had to give it back so it could be put in the cabinet. And still, that was at the like maybe middle of year twelve, mm. and I'm done with college now. And uh, yeah, I was, I'm done with college now, and it was still not there to that to to this day. It's not in the trophy cabinet. They, they didn't put it back, and I never complained, uh, but I should have. I would have. My 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 glory was taken from me. They yeah. probably got really annoyed that a music student <laughs> had just walked into a games department, all games design, let's go with nerds, right? We'll just go with game nerds. You just go, I've not played for a while, flex some muscles and beat them all. Got a trophy. And then they probably saw the cabinet and went, yeah, we can't put him in there. Like, that looks bad on us. Uh. I was reading a little bit about you because we had a brief conversation on text before you came here. And most people that I speak to they all have like this one thing that draws them out as a person. And let's leave games here, right? Let's leave <laughs> Mario Kart and let's leave Smash Bros. And for you, this was like music, I would imagine, like drums specifically. It's mm. like, when, when did you get a music bug? So from like a young age and stuff, before I ever knew I wanted to do music, I started do, like playing drums and stuff in year seven, mm. late year seven. Um, I remember I was always just like, I always just thought it was a really cool thing. Like I'd see like, you know, r- random musicians that like I might be on holiday or something or or wherever, and or at like a, say a wedding or something, and there's a band playing, and I'd always just be like glued to it, like without ever thinking like oh I want to do that. I just thought it was like watching like superheroes. Like I thought it was the coolest thing, and then um, you know as I as I went on, you know I think I think it caught on pretty quickly. I I started playing drums mainly because I thought it would make me really cool. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you started playing for the popularity. <laughs> I started, yeah, I started playing because I just thought it would be a cool thing to do. And like, 
you know, I just think it'll make me stand out a little bit. Was it to get girls first, or was it, <laughs> was it to get boys and partners? Like, was that a thing that was on your mind? Like, if I play the drums, I'll look sexy. Maybe, maybe. You know, I, I, can't, I can't really recall. I can't really recall. I don't think I had enough confidence at the time to even uh, consider that a possibility. But I just thought I'd be super cool, and right. maybe, you know, maybe that would be a, uh, you know, an effect of that. But um, I think. I started playing drums and like I, I, it was funny because I started playing I, I played picked the drums specifically to do lessons at school because uh, I thought it'd be the easiest and I thought I wouldn't have to read sheet music do you know what yeah it does look easy when you're thinking about things to play like when you look at a guitar that's six strings and all those frets drums mm. looks quite deceivingly like it mm. wouldn't be the hard one to pick mm, mm. but I was I was very wrong I was really bad for a long time but it was just something about it. Like I was very easy to just give up on things when mm. I was younger. A very like sort of unmotivated. For some reason, I, you know, I just stuck with it. It wasn't like I had to like attend these lessons because I paid for them. I think I was going by each lesson. I just kept on going at it and I just didn't really stop. And then maybe I think I was really stuck on just doing like the basic, just like, you know, like just you know just doing like a basic I love basic, that, basic I love that you, you've gone straight for a drum talk there <laughs> thinking that everyone's going to know what <laughs> that means what you just did I'd like you to describe that so if you think Billie Jean by Michael Jackson basically that's the first drum beat that you'll you know you'll learn uh, as, a, as a drummer <laughs> like pretty much you know where it just it's just that that basic four by five Billie Jean you're like yeah I know what you're talking about now I absolutely got it so it's just like a standard four by four phrase which mm -hmm. is like you're, it's quite a generic drum beat that everyone learns the first time they play the drums they're like we're trying yeah. to achieve this single thing and then once you do it you're like oh this yeah. is how it works yeah yes definitely it kind of it teaches you how how to get everything like all your limbs are like aligned and stuff and yeah it's a it's a good starting point but basically that might usually take someone like you know i've i've had i've taught people before where it's taken them about like maybe 30 minutes to get it down like good like like to a good standard it took me about like two weeks and i would like be tapping on my legs in my oh. like maths class i was like really bad like really really shockingly bad but i just went on with it and uh when i finally got it i was like wow yeah that was that i felt like real accomplishment and then from there it was like my progress just started like going up and up and up and uh i was like making friends and stuff with other people who were having drum lessons and things and it, it improved like my social skills and stuff and that's when i was like yeah music is just a cool thing i can't think of anything else that i'd rather do yeah i saw this in one of your messages that you said that it helped you learn social skills and mm. that also that you didn't, couldn't quite find your place anywhere which i think is totally relatable right you, you're, you're in secondary school and mm. there's all those groups are forming you've got like the people that are good at sport people that are just normally quite smart at subjects you've got the drama people which i was one of those <laughs> and then you don't like you're sitting there like i don't really know where i belong in this like i'm not amazing at pe i'm not amazing at this and then obviously you found drumming mm. and then did you find that, that kind of gave you a circle of people that you related with yeah absolutely i think um i i I had people basically in my lessons, like with my teacher. We'd also have the person who has like the next lesson would come in like ten minutes early, probably because they were just trying to skip their lesson, telling their teachers yeah. they had a drum lesson. One hundred percent. So you'd have a little party of people in a in the in the tiny little drum practice room, and like, from that I just get to know them and stuff. It just felt like a because I feel like drum teachers are very like charismatic people. I mean, especially. Our drum teacher, Richard. The, the one that, that we share. It's like <laughs> when when you go, and I feel like this with all kind of music people, you become very quickly in the category of an oversharer. Because mm. I feel like you, you just bond over the fact that you love the same instrument, don't you? Mm. Like you get mm. in the room and you haven't really got much common ground other than you're there to learn about this one particular piece of music. And suddenly... When you've got a break or your hands are tired or you've been playing the guitar for too long, you've got blood coming out of every orifice you can think of, you just have a chat. Mm. And you end up like really getting to know the person that's teaching you or you're learning with. Mm. And I feel like yeah. that's something you probably found when you were thinking, I don't really quite know what I'm, what I'm good at, what I'm going to do, mm. what part of life I, I want to explore. 
And then did you feel like once you met your drum teacher, maybe the, the first one, was this person and a good person? Yeah, he was really cool. He was a really cool guy. Like, it was just very easy to get, uh, get along with. Uh, Stephen, I think his name was. Stephen, if you're out there, you know, get in touch. <laughs> get in touch. I mean, um, you... I'd, love to, I'd, I'd actually love to. Like, I, I, he taught me for about, like, maybe, I don't know, like two years or something mm-hmm. until he left my school. Um, but yeah, yeah, Stephen, reach out. So when you were on holiday yeah. and you were watching these bands, mm. did you go straight for the drummer? Because I always think that whenever I'm at a gig, I'm the weird one that's looking past the singer, past the bass guitarist, past the rhythm guitarist and going, the drummer's amazing. And everyone's going, what are you talking about? Like the person who's nearest you is singing amazing. I'm like, no, no, no. The drummer's so, so good. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was really drawn into the drums specifically. Like that was a that was a clear, you know, interest of mine. Definitely, it was. I was totally drawn, totally drawn into the drummers when I was younger. And actually, um, <laughs> I remember my mum always says like to people like, "Oh, we knew he was always going to be a drummer because we got him this little. I got I got this little like uh, like kids like drum set. It was like the bass drum. Yes, and then, you're talking and then, about. And it was just like two toms which are just like the regular like just drums you know mm. and it, was, it was not accurate drum set at all and like a tiny little dinky little cymbal probably made out of like plastic and uh i had to sit there and apparently i actually had a good rhythm going when Did i was you? like when you my, were little when i was like in my nappy <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah pretty much that 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 was the start of, that was actually the actual start of my uh drumming career was right when you were crawling you came out <laughs> of the womb with drumsticks like this is what i want to do yeah yeah and i didn't realize it i didn't realize it until year seven mm. what was the music that fascinated you for you to go drumming is drumming is good because i so i've been teaching somebody mm. who works um at the radio station here um and they are very shocked to find out that you can play most pop music with the same drum beat. Mm-hmm. And when you learn the drum beat, or they, and they learn the drum beat, which is the simple one you put into the microphone about five minutes ago, yeah. they're like, oh, this is, this is e- easy then. So I, w- <laughs> I would imagine that it wasn't pop music that you were listening to when you were like, I love the drums. Is that correct? So it's actually quite funny because... Um when I started playing the drums, I wasn't really that bothered about music. Like maybe as, really? much, as much as the next guy. Like I, I'm totally honest when I said I started playing the drums because I thought it would be cool. <laughs> you literally didn't listen to music at I, well, all. Well, like I did, but like not. You literally not as much, not any more than the next person. I wasn't like you know. I I I I, I don't know. It's funny actually. I did get into to pop music and stuff because it's probably just what I was hearing around oh no my assumption's yeah. completely incorrect <laughs> well 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 uh, you know my taste developed over time but um, I'd say probably when I started playing drums my favourite band was Maroon 5 yeah no okay yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that a, li- <laughs> a little bit different it's kind of like rock pop right yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah. especially that, that first album I was really into songs about Jane um you know, I, I I was I was really like massively into that album. I still think it's great. I still think it's really good. It's also got the nostalgia element to it for me, you know. But um yeah, as as time went on I sort of I don't know how it really happened. Oh yes. <laughs> I know how it happened. So actually around year four, um, very strange time to have an emo phase, but I had an emo phase in year four. And uh I was listening to like three days grace and stuff playing with my dinosaurs in the bathtub beautiful (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah i was really into like that kind of stuff like like fallout boy and all that when i was like year four and that was just like a phase that just like died out um but then probably when i started getting into the drums and i was getting a bit more like you know and i was i was probably getting better and stuff i think i might have just gone back to listening to that kind of stuff and and getting inspiration from it in that Mm. also pretty much everyone else in my secondary school was like interested in rock there was a drummer like a lot of people and and other other musicians in the in the school would have been really into rock music so i probably got a lot of like recommendations from them and stuff but yeah so it was kind of pop it was maroon 5 and then emo 
I mean, then... that, that is a quick descent, that is. <laughs> That's a very quick descent into another genre of music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, then, and huge then... physical changes as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I was probably listening to them, you know, Maroon 5 and Fallout Boy were both in the same playlist. Fair pretty, play. Pretty crazy. And then, I, and then I got more into, like, sort of, like, Led Zeppelin, like, Pearl Jam, like, sort of 90s stuff, but also, like, the really, like, classic rock kind of stuff and that was that was me for a long time and is that where you drew like a lot of inspiration from for like when you were learning drums were you like i want to be able to play like this yeah definitely i think um what really mostly inspired my drumming was when i got into rock that was when i was like really in the thick of it like yeah i'm a drummer i was like lying to people about being in a band because i thought it would be cool <laughs> lying <laughs> i would like i would like be like oh yeah i'm in a band with like a bunch of like 20 year olds when i was like 11 I mean, I don't think anyone believed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, well, they sounded like they did, but I, you know, I highly doubt they did. I only told my classmates who were probably just as, you know, gullible, you know, you, eleven-year-olds as, uh, as I was. Imagine them going home to their mums now, being like, "Oh, do you hear Eddie using like a rock band with twenty-year-olds? <laughs> like, you're in year six. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna reconsider what you've just said to me. I might go and speak to the parents. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is a bit. It's a bit concerning. <laughs> oh my days. Um, I, it kind of reminds me totally, totally different uh, tangent here. But uh, I remember in like year, mm, maybe year three or something. Um, or, or even like year oh, year two, year three, doesn't matter. Um, my friend Rufus, he was quite popular like amongst our friend group and stuff. And like, he was quite popular amongst the school, I guess. And uh, he convinced like a lot of people that he was Stampy. If you know Stampy? I don't know no, Stampy. Sta- Stampy, long nose, long head or whatever, is like this Minecraft YouTuber. Oh, my. <laughs> had, like, I do know who you're talking about. I, th- <laughs> I, I was in the musician bracket of people. I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> now I know who that is. Yeah, like 10 million subscribers and stuff, and we all believed Rufus because he was so cool. We were just like, yeah, Rufus. That's, yeah, that's he's a- absolutely Stampy. <laughs> my God. So yeah. you were learning drums at school. Mm-hmm. slowly developing your skills and then you ended up if we skip some years you ended up in a cover band yes for about two years mm-hmm. so starting well basically I went to primary school with the bassist um, his name's Reese, and uh, yeah we, we, we you know we weren't like super close friends in primary school but you know we were you know we'd get on and stuff January 2020, I joined the band. I think around probably like Christmas time of 2019, I posted a video of myself just like absolutely mashing the drums. Like looking back at it, it was probably just going absolutely bonkers, like no sense of time. Are you saying technically it wasn't that good? Well, you know, I I think I was just going absolutely insane as fast as I possibly could with no like thought. And uh, Reese thought it was sick. And he like added added the existing band. who didn't have a drummer. Nice. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I got to know them all. They came around my house for a little rehearsal. They brought their guitars and their amps and stuff. I had my drum kit set up. And uh, we did a couple, like, covers and stuff. And it was, like, really cool. I never really played music that I was interested in to that, like, degree. Like, like, especially uh, the guitarist was, like, really advanced to me at that point. Mm. Like, um, you know, well, I don't make it sound like he was actually bad. No, he, he was he is a good guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. <laughs> no, but, yeah, um, like, it was it was really cool, like, being in a, in my house, you know, my, my, like, shed playing with these with these guys. And, like, we were getting ready to play at this, like, local jam night in Dagnum. And, uh, yeah, no, fun times. I mean, like, before that, the only, like, playing with people I'd done is maybe, like, getting in like a in the drum practice room at my secondary school with like a guitarist getting everybody and, in the same room and trying <laughs> and he'd play like Smoke on the Water and I'd play like well ugh, people if you don't know Smoke on the Water then it's just like a really easy thing to play on guitar it's, it's almost like the beginning yeah the yeah. very beginning it's, stages it's the of, of drums <laughs> of, of, of guitar of, of guitar yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Smoke on the Water is so you know that's that's the extent I had to playing with people, and then you know, yeah, head rush. They're still going, and they're doing a lot more original stuff now, which is really cool. Because what I'm intrigued to find out, because you said you were creatively unsatisfied. What music were you playing? So, like, 
what Head Rush were doing, I think when I started to feel a bit like, I don't know, because I was really excited about it all and I was really growing as a musician for like, especially like the first year and a half. It was like the last six months. Like I started to feel like I just wanted to move on. Um, and it was soaking up a lot of time and stuff. Um, I think I've always been someone who's more, oh, I don't know, creative. And I don't know, there's always been that side of me that's wanted to like express myself and like never really found a way to. Um, but uh, I think because we well, the kind of stuff we were playing, um, we were doing like, it was mainly rock music mm. and uh, some stuff that I really liked. We was like kind of all, we'd all pitch in a song that we, we liked like individually and then we just like all learn it. And like, it was definitely really good for my drumming. Like, I definitely grew so much from, from playing in that band. And we did a lot of like gigs and things and jam nights. Um, but eventually as my, my taste sort of went from <laughs> Maroon 5 and Emo to then, you know, the, the classic rock phase. And then I started really getting into like funk and jazz and soul. That's a big change. Uh, yes, another big change. That's a huge, huge change. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I wanted to be doing more of that stuff. And that's what was really influencing my playing. And I, I was still listening to all the other stuff, like all the 90s grunge and, and, and bloody blah. But um, I think I just, I wanted the band to, to be more original and creative from the get-go and it just didn't seem like it was going that way and um i eventually realized like as things were sort of picking up and getting a bit more busy i was like i need to actually make a decision before i make massive commitments to this band mm. and uh i just realized it wasn't right for me and they were really like amazing and supportive with me with me le trying you know deciding to leave um uh, around when i started music college because uh and they just, you know, they we we sat down and we had a talk about this thing to do with like a, a like a kind of a big opportunity, and uh, at th at that point I was like I have to say that I've been thinking about leaving for the past mm. six months, and so it was a pretty like it was a big bombshell for them I guess, but they they found the new drummer and you know they're they're going like full speed ahead they're like rehearsing like all the time and and doing gigs they had like last weekend they had like three gigs like one on each day Friday, Saturday, Sunday amazing like two hour sets so so yeah yeah and I'm still really good friends with them I play like in session bands and that with them amazing musicians check them out Head Rush so where did that change come from because most people always say that their their parents influence them, their music and you've gone through a change here it's gone back from pop <laughs> Maroon 5 <laughs> to emo to rock to classic rock now to like jazz and soul is that anywhere from your parents or is that people referring or is that mm. your own kind of discovery into like new music? I think I think it's largely my own discovery. I, I could not tell you how maybe I think my maybe my brother right. So Maroon Five, they would have been on the radio, right? Yeah. You know. I would have heard their like newer stuff, like, you know, like Sugar or whatever if you know that, by Maroon 5. And then I probably searched them up on Apple Music and found their older albums. They were a bit more like rock influenced and that's what I really liked. I kind of liked all of it anyways, but so that was how I discovered that. And then when I was in year four emo phase, I think my brother might have liked a few Linkin Park songs. I think my brother and my dad liked a few Linkin Park songs. So mm -hmm. there was Linkin Park. Nice. And then through that, I probably, you know, just ended up finding Three Days Grace, Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance and all that. Um, yeah, so I, that's how I assume I probably found out about those bands and just sort of, you know, just like artists like these on, on Apple Music. That's probably how I discovered a lot of it. I don't really remember how I got into, um, like how I got into like jazz and, and, and that side of things because um, my, my family don't really listen to it like all that much. I guess my mum like well my mum's not really much of a music listener but she loves like she used to go to like the disco like three times a week so she's obviously really into that from her like you know from her like teenage years and that so uh but i wouldn't say that really influenced what i was listening to i don't know i maybe it was just like a youtube video popped up of like stevie wonder and i was just like wow like, that's that's what i want yeah yeah it was probably just that to be honest what did you like about it what did i like about it everyone says jazz is boring Wow. Everyone. People, everyone says it. People don't know, like, 
jazz man which is exactly the answer that I say afterwards you, you just don't know jazz yeah, like yeah. la 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 you don't know jazz Pe- people people think like jazz is like you know you walk into <laughs> the typical thing is like you walk into an elevator and it goes and after the like, music starts playing yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like you know and it's like oh you walk into a cafe and they're playing like cocktail bar music and it's like really slow and it's just like you know a pianist a bassist and a, and a drummer just like playing their like shh playing the brushes um it's like such an expansive genre like i'll tell people i play jazz and they'll hear my music and they're like is it jazz and i'm like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, even you don't know <laughs> yeah literally i mean like well I, I it's it's jazz but like oh it's jazz and it's like kind of got a bit of a rock influence and then it's kind of got a little bit of a uh, it's kind of got a little bit of afrobeat mixed in it's kind of got a little bit of soul or blah, whatever um yeah <laughs> I sort of lost my train of thought there. So you somehow found jazz music. You weren't liking yeah. this band too much because it was it was quite rock influenced, and maybe you got bored of the genre that you were listening to and playing because hmm. that's quite a common thing, isn't it? Yeah, Where yeah. if you like something so much and you spend a lot of time on it, you kind of go, oh, "It's not as good as what I thought it was going to be." And then is that when your decision came to go to Elam? Yeah. Well, I've, basically, why I decided to go to Elam. Um, I was still like fully in the thick of head rush and stuff when I was um when I applied and stuff. They applied to, they went to Elam. Mm. Um so basically Reese's older sister went was in the year above us and she was at Elam in year twelve when we were applying in year eleven. And uh so Reese knew about it from that. And uh yeah, we we George applied, Reese applied, I applied, we all looked into it. It was just it's just an incredible place. So that's how I ended up going into to Elam. I was still like fully into the head rush stuff. It was around that time that I sort of started to, you know, fall off into thinking, oh, do I really want to be doing this anymore? Um, maybe maybe seeing the other people that were applying for Elam was a sort of catalyst for that in the way of, um, like I'd see all these cool musicians and I think like, wow, I could be starting X amount of bands with all these people or, you know, and there's, there's other people that are into stuff that I like that I've never been able to play with others. Mm. Um, and, and, and stuff like that I just thought oh wow look at all this and I thought I really want to make the most of it and then when I got to Elam and I was so busy with Headrush that I couldn't make the most of it I couldn't go to all the jams I couldn't go to all the gigs that people were going and seeing like I feel like I couldn't commit to Elam and really like get stuck in with it I think that just made me sort of like about a bit miserable about Elam like I was oh, I, I wasn't enjoying it at the start but um as I left Headrush, that that really changed. Like I, I was able to just always like be practicing all the time so that I could keep up with the other musicians there. And then in in turn, I, I sort of grew my confidence with like just being like, hey, can I can I play in this jam? Like there was other drummers that would um, that I felt like I could compete with, you know, for like session work or, or, or whatever. And um, but they would just put themselves forward, and I just wouldn't. And I just, mm. I just had to snap out of that. And I think leaving Headrush just really helped with being able to focus on Elam. And it was like the best decision I've ever made. But it was because it was difficult. It was difficult leaving the band when it was like going, going well, and also and, that big proposal as well that they were talking about. And yeah. you went to the meeting of, and you're going, actually, this is not going to work for me. Yeah, yeah. And then, so Elam is a music college. Yes. Which is, it's an amazing one as well. One of the best out there. Mm. And what would you say? If you if you could tell me the best part of Elam, mm. the best single best thing, because it's what two years of your life, three years of your life, two years, two two years just to study music, which is a whole broad thing. Because I imagine you have to choose kind of a, one area to specialize in, or two or three areas to turn around to specialize in. Yeah, and you chose. So there's performance and production, and I chose performance because I'm not a producer. Because you're also a drummer. Yes. And what would be your standout moment in those two years, which would be like when you look back of it and you go, I made the right choice, this probably is the best bit and why, I wouldn't go back and undo that. Mm, I would not go... I would not go back and undo any of what happened. I mean, I feel like everything was in its right place and, like, it was a perfect journey for me and, and stuff at Elam. Like, everything went as good as it could have been. Um, but the main thing that... I think the best thing about Elam 
in and of itself is the is is literally the the community feeling of it it's what everyone says and looking back in hindsight that is like the overarching like absolute you know best trait of elam is that you know every, everyone that like you really you really can find your place like the the people are, are really great especially like the teachers and stuff like some of the best teachers I, I mean all the teachers at elam i would i would say as the best teachers i've ever had um so committed and and it's such a place full filled with like passion and and opportunity like it's it's hard to it's hard to boil it down to one thing with elam because i mean there's just there's just so much that it, it does right um but for me personally i i'm very glad that i i basically was just a yes man I, I to everything that I could I just I was just like yes let me do that let me, let me get on that like and for that I was able to play with like probably like 20 different artists throughout my time at Elam from my two years and some you know were like long commitments and some would just be like a like one gig or one rehearsal that I had to fill in for but I got so much experience and I was doing music literally constantly um, like for like a, the entire of like year 13 I had like no time to to like practice or whatever else i basically my life was like wake up super like well not super early wake 6 30 in the morning 6 30 in the morning that's what it says on the notes <laughs> yeah, 6 30 in the morning you know it depends on do i have a half day or not um wake up 6 30 in the morning some days and uh go in you know have a full day of college in in which i'll be having lessons on the on like different areas of stuff like preparing us for like industry so like some of those lessons would be like, oh, uh, you know, looking into like how to work with like uh, like record labels and things and being wary about uh, contracts and stuff. That's something we were taught like near the start of year 12 was actually how to have like our wits about us with stuff like that, deals and things and um, for when we get getting opportunities for Elam and that. So you're almost, by the sounds of it, taught to be an artist. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of people will say that Elam is, is especially great for an artist. But I think something else that I realized through Elam as someone who was approaching it for the most part until like the last like two months as a session musician, um, it's it's all really applicable like knowledge. It's it, I, it definitely does support artists a bit more, but in being a session musician, if your artists are all like, you know, really well-trained and stuff, and, and I don't know, and a, a, a really just really good like it, it benefits you too but um a lot of the advice definitely helped with with the session work as well i think some people would sort of like complain about it that it was it was more geared towards artists but i kind of realized that everyone in music is an artist to a certain extent if you want to put it that way i mean you can look at a producer mm. people want to work with producers in music because of their product right yeah so therefore, he must play a role, or they must play a role mm. in the end sound of a track. So I would always probably agree with you. Yeah, that a, a lot, a lot of what you do as a drummer is then influenced by the producer who's making the track as like an end product, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Basically, Elam just does a really good job of of because it's kind of small as well. It does a really good job of if you know what you want to do. If you know where you want to get, you can get there if you just, you know, put in the effort and stuff. The teachers are always willing to help. They're so knowledgeable. And even if the course might not do exactly what you want it to do, you just literally need to ask for the advice. And, and, and it's like, seek and you shall find. Yeah. Yeah. If like, if I wanted to like, I don't know. I, I don't know. If I, if Learn I, to play the drums while they're on fire. Yes. My teacher would be like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. How are we going to go about it? <laughs> might might go through a few health and safety checks. Potentially, first. I find it fascinating though, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this. You were playing the drums in a band, like literally, kind of on that journey towards having a band grow and become really, really cool. That mass opportunity, whatever it was, sounds like it. You were on the right trajectory, and then you went, no. I want to go and learn about the drums more. I want to go and like learn musicians and learn music more. Hmm. And then you enjoyed that more than playing. 
Is that because it was more freedom, do you think? I think um, at Elam, really, it's it's kind of the course. Uh, this is another thing with like, oh, if the course doesn't do exactly what you want it to do, then it's perfect for like, you know, you talk to your teachers and, and if you know what you want, then you can get that out of it. Is, uh, you know, we didn't really do that much in terms of like our musical development like there, there definitely is that there definitely is that and it's like a it's a strong part of it but for the most part elam gets you like experience and uh you practice as you would anyways in your own time and stuff but you always have the mentorship i think that's a real key thing we had one lesson a week two hour lesson called musicianship where it would be split into producers vocalists and instrumentalists mm. And so the instrumentalist would have a lesson on whatever it is about, like music theory, or we'd have a lesson where we try and like improve like repertoire. Like we might have like, you know, oh, today we're going to have a study into like Latin music because a lot of people wouldn't know like the first thing about Latin music. And that helps us to, you know, grow as instrumentalists and, and as session musicians and, and things like that and broaden our scopes. But yeah, I think... Um, in a, in a general sense, Elam was more about getting the experience. So I was doing a lot of playing. Right. I would I would be in like like a couple of rehearsals a day. I'd be doing like you know you know I'd be in rehearsals doing like arrangement and playing drums and stuff. And uh, you'd have the mentorship of your teachers always, and that would help you to grow. You do the experience, and then they guide you along that path. Um, also, on top of that, like. Just, just the fact that it's a community of people doing music meant that, like, I'd be going into college, I have a full day doing rehearsals, doing that. I might be doing coursework and things as well. But then afterwards, I'd be going off to like North Greenwich Pirate Studios to to do like a a rehearsal with an artist for like a gig that we've got coming up or for in Elam things. So it's it's just great to be in that place because if you just put in the effort, you get like back tenfold, and you know. It's 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 a place where you go to get experience, and I think that's what's the most most important thing. It sounds amazing and also quite unique as well as a yeah a course that can be offered. Yeah. Is this also where in Elam in your time there studying? Is that where you made your live session? Yes, yes. So for the last like project, you have seven projects in all while you're at Elam. At least like that's how they've done it so far. I mean, we might change stuff up, but in your in your seventh project which is your final major project that you is like decides your grade you get to decide what you want to do you get it approved by the teachers of course you can't just like go off and like i'm going to do like a somersault <laughs> and that's my project to music <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm going to do like a, a improvised dance no no but you have to get it like you know authorized by a teacher but you can you can do what you want i decided that i wanted to do um i wanted to create a live session um, because I, I just I just love them so much that you get things like Tiny Desk, like correct me if I'm wrong, KXP, mm. um, Colors. Like there's so many of these live sessions. I mean, loads of people will just do their own live sessions, and I just love that way of like consuming music. Like I was just always really connected with like watching the live performances and stuff, and I really loved like live sound and live sound engineering of of like you know watching it back. Like yeah. I'm just obsessed with live sessions and stuff, and I always have been. A lot of my favourite like pieces of music, I just think, like basically like half of my favourite songs are like Tiny Desk performances versions of the songs. It's because they're raw, isn't it? Yeah, you, you yeah. really hear everything without it being like put through a desk. And, yeah, and also the translation sometimes between like an MP3 on Spotify to a live scenario is completely different. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, also, like a lot of these artists, they'll just do like a new, rend- oh, especially on Tiny Desk, like they'll do like a, a new version of their music that might not, they might never do again. Like it's just a really unique thing. Like you might you might find a really cool artist on on Tiny Desk and you go to listen to their music and you just don't like it because yeah, it's, so, it's just so it's just so different. So different. They get like these crazy musical, crazy musical directors to like help them bring their recorded music to like live and and. It's always it's always really cool. So was the first episode of your live session your first original piece of music? Yeah, so so basically my project was to create I wanted to create a live session series, like right. an ongoing series, 
um, in the long run. That's what I thought I wanted to do at the time. And in my project, I would be making the first episode, like the pilot episode of that live session series. Cool. Within that, I also was accomplishing my, trying to accomplish my goal of being more creative. You know, I was saying before about how I didn't feel creatively satisfied doing covers and stuff. So then I went to do original work, but other people's original work. And I was always putting off like doing, doing my own stuff because I always found it really difficult to write. Um, I, I could, I just could never do it. Like I'd always just get stuck on writer's block and stuff. So I really wanted to push myself in this project and finally be like, no, you're not waiting until after Elam. You're not using that excuse. You're not using the excuse of being too busy. You're going to find a way to do this project, do this production management project where I'm making this live session. Um, but I also, I decided that I wanted to be the artist. I wanted to make my own original music and I wanted to be an expression of, of me. Um, Did so, you yeah. write this track for that, or was it something you were working on before that you maybe had like a maybe like a note on, or is it completely you sat down one day and went, "I want to write this"? So um, it was actually like around the time that I decided, like, man, I, I really need to get more creative. Was was the summer going into year thirteen, right? So this project was obviously the end of year thirteen. So the summer going into year thirteen, I wrote this little piano idea, which you'll hear in the song. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of stuck with me for ages. It really like evolved over time. But um, eventually- What was the thing that was in your head if you were going to hum it? And it goes on, but- <laughs> <laughs> Round and round and round. <laughs> well, no, no, there's, there, there, you know, it's quite a long thing that it develops over time. Anyways, um, so so yeah, that, that idea, I just had that on piano. And I thought the whole piece was just going to be like a piano piece. And I'm a drummer, but I thought I'd be performing just like piano uh, in the live session. But basically, when it got to the start of my project, I looked through old ideas and I was writing new ideas just to see what I could take further. And I, I, I knew that in the back of my mind, this was the most likely one to use because I just love it. Um, and, and yeah, I did, I did end up going with that idea. And basically how I went about it is I, I taught it to my pianist and I have my band together of like some of my favorite musicians and favorite like songwriters and stuff um, in, in, in Elam. And we got into a live room and uh, we sort of just jammed for a while, like over the idea. And mm. it just sort of sparked a few ideas in my head. And like, I had, I had more of an idea of what I wanted because there was things that I didn't like ma mainly. And I was like, okay, it, it needs to go in this direction. And I went home and I sort of, I, I wrote, after a couple of other rehearsals where we wrote the intro together, like collaboratively, um, I went home and I just wrote the entire thing pretty much. No Wrote way. the entire thing in, in Logic. So uh, it's, it's, I'd say like the song itself, aside from like, oh, I just told the guy the chords and then he played something and I was like, change that, you know, and it's sort of more like, it was like 80% completely original composition and then 10% tweaking and then 10% it was like stuff that people came up with that just like stuck so in, it was like did you do it in one line. in one night you sat down oh, no. on this is a little while this is like I, a week I, you said it like you went home and just went right I want to write this whole seven minute symphony <laughs> hand by hand on logic and so it, it sounds good when, when you are doing that though when you are writing this and it is I've listened to it a few times it's an amazing piece of music thank you are you thinking of anything in your head? Or have you got anyone in mind that you like that you kind of want to mimic? Or are you just kind of letting the music decide where it goes? I think uh, in terms of inspiration, like we actually had to do uh, a soundboard as part of our coursework. So is that like a mood Elam. board, but with sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> so, so cool. So we like analysing songs and stuff that we wanted to inspire our music. And uh, it sounded nothing like it. I, I used my like, well, well, it's like jazz stuff, but I uh, I use like sound references like Erica Badu, uh, Chris Dave, Yusuf Days, and the other one was Ezra Collective, right? But um, I, I had I had analysed like how these songs take a journey, like using their musical features. That was what the main thing I was talking about. Um, that was like my main thesis of the uh, soundboard, and uh, that was really useful when I was writing my song because. It, when you when you hear the song, you'll hear that it's it's like 
it just sort of it's a bit of a bohemian rhapsody type thing where it starts in one place and it just goes through different phases like different chapters mm-hmm. and it doesn't really like it's not very cyclical it, it goes it's like a, it tells a story so before we play the track it's called canvas no it's not called canvas <laughs> so it's the live session series is called canvas right okay what's the track called the, f- the track is called first step the track is called first step from the live session canvas yes what else do i need to know about you as a person to understand the music you like to produce so in this podcast you've heard about you know my struggles with with like wanting to be creative mhm and uh it felt really amazing to write this song it felt like a combination of a lot of my training and experience and musical ability was sort of shown in the in this song it was like a result of it's like a fruit of all my hard work and first step it's it's a song about me taking that first step <laughs> being being courageous and 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 going for what i want and not making excuses and actually putting in like you know everything that i can the journey of the song as i went through it and and wrote it took the shape of like how it felt for me to write the song it's a showcase of 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 me and 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 you know what's to come it is so good Thank it's you. really really good would you, there's no lyrics would you like to introduce it uh i sort of do that for myself in the track Oh, okay. Then we'll just leave, leave it here. Yeah. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. No Can't problem. wait to hear your new music. I understand you're writing your second song as of now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on the artistry stuff, so I'm just trying to pull a set together, like maybe 30 minutes of music, so that I can just start getting out there, getting these opportunities, because they're, they're there. And uh, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go. Where can we find you on socials? You can find me, Eddie M Drums, on Instagram. Eddie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. To learn to walk, you have to take your first step. As kids, we might be anxious or confused, but we see our goal and we go for it. We take that step. As I've grown older, that bravery faded. For a long time, I dreamed about the future, but I hesitated and I never got closer to where I wanted to be. As I've listened to my heart over the past couple of years, I've made changes based on what I've felt. I've been a whole lot happier, and I've been preparing for this very day. Over the past couple of years, I've stood up from the ground. I've plucked up my courage, and now I'm looking forward at the horizon. I present to you my first step.